We're supposed to feed them, and I want to do a good job feeding God's people tonight. Help me as I preach, Lord, and help them as they receive what God's Word says. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. I'm going to give you three things tonight, and this will just be the whole book of Second Peter. Number one, I want to give you what I would call the tools of the saints. And the second thing I want to give you is the tactics of Satan. And the third thing I want to give you is the times and the seasons, the tools of the saints, the tactics of Satan, and the times and the season. Now, the first chapter, uh, if you notice there, it says there in verse number one, who is Peter speaking to? He says, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us. Uh, this is a Hebrew Christian church epistle. If you remember that Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, uh, Peter was the apostle to the Jews, but he's speaking to everybody who's saved here. How many of you are saved today? Would you raise your hand? All right. If you're saved, this, this book is for you. This is what he's talking to. He said, I've got something to say to you. And he says this, he says um, in verse number three, he says, as his divine power, whose who's divine power? That's God's divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Now, I want you to notice there, he says, God has given you all things that in, that in, to, in life that pertain unto life and, God, life and godliness. Do you see that? Meaning this, God has given you every tool that you need to live the victorious Christian life. The only reason you live in sin, the only reason you're defeated is because you don't use the tools that God gives you. Can you imagine a bunch of soldiers going into battle and, 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 and they got AR-15s on a strap and they're running into battle and they start picking up rocks and throwing them at the enemy when they got an AR-15 sitting right there. You'd think that person was crazy, wouldn't you? But I see a lot of people, they've got the tools in their hand, the tools right here in their hand, but they're using something else. What kind of fool would you be trying to live this Christian life and try to war this spiritual warfare without the tools that God has given you? What is the number one tool that God has given you? Well, it says in verse number four right there, if you look with me, it says, Wherefore are given unto us exceeding great, and notice this, precious promises. Amen. I want to tell you that the number one tool for the Christian life for you to be victorious in this old wicked world is the Word of God. Amen. Now, I'll tell you right now that there's a lot of buildings out there that uh, I gripe about them and I throw a fit about them. Uh, they claim to be Christian churches, but when you hear the pulpit preaching coming out from that church, there's very little of the Bible being used in their sermons. As a matter of fact, there's really a lot of, a lot of just, I, I call it Christianese. There's a lot of Christian-like things being said from the songs. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, there's not a lot of Bible being used in these churches. And I want to tell you today, it's no wonder churches are failing. It's no wonder churches are filled with carnal people. It's no wonder that churches are wicked, just as wicked as the people on the bar are the people in the church today. Why? Why? It's because they're not using the greatest tool that God ever gave them, the precious promises of the Word of God. Go with me there in verse number 4. It says that these precious promises, that by these, what, what does that say there? These precious promises, that by these, that's the words of God. Ye might be partakers of the divine nature. Now, here's the deal. There's a difference between possessing the divine nature and partaking in the divine nature. I want to tell you this. There's a lot of people out there who are saved that don't act like they're saved. Don't look at your husband. <laughs> there's a lot of saved people out there that they say they possess the divine nature, but you couldn't tell by how they lived. You know why? It's because they are not using this in their life. Amen. 
I want to tell you that oftentimes when, when a uh, saved person starts living like a carnal person, it's because this book right here has no place in their life. I want to tell you the Bible reading is just as essential to Christian living as breathing air is to physical living. You cannot live without that. And it even says this, it says that you might be partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Oh boy. Truth be told, Christians ought to live different than the world. Christians ought to act different than the world. Christians, I think Christians ought to smell different than the world. And I think Christians, if somebody were to bite you, you ought to taste different than the world. Amen. But it's not true of all of them. And I know why is because they're not taking these precious promises and using them in their life. Amen. So the first tool that the saints have is the precious promises of the word of God. As a matter of fact, let's just go through the next few verses here. It says in verse number five, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance and a temperance, patience and a patience, godliness and a godliness, brotherly kindness and a brotherly kindness, charity. <clears throat> I love it. Brotherly kindness. That's a blessing. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to tell you something, okay? <clears throat> there are a lot of Christian people out there. They, they live weak, anemic, subpar Christian lives. And after a few years of living weak and anemic, subpar Christian lives, they start doubting their salvation. Have you ever met anybody like that? Truth be told, if I lived in a house with my wife and we never spoke for years and years and years, I would wonder if she ever loved me. Wouldn't you? Now, that, that doesn't happen no longer than 48 hours at a time, amen? But uh, <clears throat> we, we, we talk to each other often. But I want to tell you this. Here's what happens. You don't grow. You don't have a relationship with the Word of God, and then you get cold and you start questioning, well, if I was I ever truly saved? Well, look what the Bible says. It says there in verse number 9, But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Is that not what the Bible clearly says? I think a lot of these people coming forward in meetings, uh, I think a lot of them, are uh, just backslidden cold and they ain't heard from God in a long time. It's nobody's fault but their own. Amen. Not all, but some. And it says there, verse number 10, Wherefore the rather, brethren, give diligence to make a calling and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. Amen. I want to tell you what happens when a person falls into sin, a Christian falls into sin. The first thing that goes in their Christian life is their personal Bible reading. Truth be told, D.L. Moody said this years ago, he said, sin will keep you from this book or this book will keep you from sin. Amen. I like that. The next tool of the saints, I would say, is not only the precious promises of the Word of God, but also I would say powerful, passionate preaching. Powerful, passionate preaching. Look what it says there in verse number 12, if you go there with me. Uh, matter of fact, let's just do this, verse number 13. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance, knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. Moreover, I will endeavor that you may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. Do you see what he says there in verse number 13? He says, he says, I want to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Amen. And I will tell you right now, preaching that should never, ever be boring. Amen. 
I want to tell you that the worst sin that a preacher could ever commit is to stand up in the, in the pulpit and preach in such a way as to make God and heaven and Jesus and salvation and, and to make it as boring as some college level algebra lecture. Amen. There's been some preachers I've heard through the years get up and, all right, we'll take your Bibles and we're going to talk about being saved and going to heaven. And then, and then I've been in their churches. I preached with these guys. I preached for these guys. And then we sit at the table at Cracker Barrel two hours after service and they say, well, I just don't know why nobody wants to come to my church. Well, I know. But you, you look, and, and, and I would tell you, but I saw the love offering already, and I don't care, I don't care nothing about telling you nothing. <clears throat> oh, the world doesn't care about the old time fundamentalism again. No, you're just boring. You're just you just bore. I mean, that Ben, what was that uh, that old movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off? We had the teacher, or Bueller, what was that guy's name? Ben Stein. Ben Stein should never be in the pulpit anytime ever. Never. Because the Bible is not boring. Right. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. I, I, when I was a kid, I grew up watching Hollywood movies. And then I got in the Bible college and read the Bible. And I realized most of these Hollywood movies are just ripping off Bible stories. That's all they're doing. And, and the Bible is the coolest and most exciting book ever in the history of the world. And, and, and if a man's preaching the book, he will be exciting. And he will, I mean, listen, there will be a thrill in your step. You'll be thrilled about what Jesus has done and what God has done for you and who Jesus is. It ought not ever be boring. It ought to stir you up. Amen. I want to tell you, you can use the precious promises, but if we don't hear powerful preaching, passionate preaching about who God is, then I want to tell you right now, we can't have victory in the Christian life. Amen. Uh, I think it was Oswald Chambers said years ago, he said, truth is logic on fire. Amen. John Wesley, we just sang Charles Wesley's song, And Can It Be? Uh, John Wesley said this, he said, "Catch if you just catch fire for God, people will, people will come out of the hills to sit there and watch you burn. Hey man, Jeremiah said it was a fire in my bones. He said there was something in me that had to preach and let it go. Hey Amen. But you hear the average preacher today, oh, well, I don't, I just, uh, don't. it shouldn't be that way, friend. It shouldn't be that way. But the next thing we have, the next tool the saints have, is that we have what I would call not only precious promises, powerful preaching, but we have perfect prophecy we can count on. Perfect prophecy. But look what it says here. Uh, Peter's given the story there in verse number 16 through 18 where he talks about how he was with the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ came, you know, they, they transfigured Christ and he heard the voice from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased, verse 18, and this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. The Bible says, verse number 19, uh, we also have a more sure word of prophecy. Amen. Whereunto you do well that you take heed uh, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your heart. Knowing this, that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, here's what Peter's saying. Let me explain this to you. Peter's saying, listen, I'm writing you a letter telling you that I was there when it happened. I saw Jesus transfigured before us. I'm telling you, I, I saw it with my own, my own two God-given eyeballs laid. Behold, I was there when it happened. And I can tell you that that happened, but I can give you something better than that. I can give you this Bible. 
I want to tell you right now that experience does not dictate what truth is. That's the problem with the charismatics. They say, oh, I was there and a glory cloud came down and oh, we had a, we had a time in God. Okay, where's that in the Bible? They can't show you. They say, well, I was there when it happened and this cloud came down. Where, where is that in the Word of God? Because we don't base anything that we believe off of experience. We base it off what the Bible says. And he says here that you can trust this old Bible. You can believe this old Bible. And it says there, verse number 21, for the prophecy. And by the way, speaking about the Bible here. The prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Meaning that these are not Paul's words. And these are not just Peter's words. These are the very words straight from the mouth of the living God. And if you disagree with this book, then you disagree with God himself. Amen. Remember listening to old John R. Rice sermon. That back in his days, there was an overlay where they started recording sermons and some of the quality is horrible on these old tapes. But I remember listening to John R. Rice. He said he was in Texas as a young man. He saw somebody rob a bank. And he said a man ran out of a bank with a sack of money and got into a truck and drove off. And the police came and there were two witnesses. John R. Rice says it was me and it was another man. We both saw this guy drive off in a truck. And he said, we were giving our statements to the police, and I told the police that there was a man who came out of that, and he drove away in a black truck. And the other witnesses said, no, that's not true. The man drove away in a blue truck. And he said, we argued back and forth. He said it was blue. I said it was black. And I knew, I knew he was wrong. I was there. I saw it. I mean, this man was 100%. It was not blue. It was black. Next day, the police called him and says, uh, we need you both to come down here and verify this truck because we think we've caught the man. And sure enough, this man confessed to everything. And that both of those witnesses, John Rice and the other man, walked into the police station and there was a green truck. <laughs> and they were both wrong. <laughs> but the man confessed to it. And see what Peter's saying there, he's saying, look, don't take my word for it. I was there, but I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man, and I'm giving you the words of a man telling you what I saw, but you have a more sure thing. Don't just trust me. Believe what the book says. Believe what the prophecy says. And I want to tell you right now, don't believe anything Spencer Smith says. Spencer Smith is just a man, and he's trying his best to just tell you what God's Word said. Don't believe my promises. Believe the precious promises of the Word of God. That's what he's saying right there. Amen. That's the tools of the saints. We're doing pretty good on time, I think. Amen. Is everybody, anybody bored tonight? Anybody okay? Some of you, I'll tell you, it's scary preaching. Right. Amen. Number two, I want you to go this. I want to give you what I would call the tactics of Satan. The tactics of Satan. Now, we talked about there, the prophecy came not by the will of man. Holy men of God spake because they were moved by the Holy Ghost. But look in chapter 2, verse 1. But, but, there were false apostles also among the people even as there shall be false teachers among you. Now, wait a minute. He goes real positive to real negative real quick. He'll say, you're too negative all the time. You're always negative. Well, I'm going to tell you, go take the negative uh, off your car battery and see if your car runs anymore. Amen. You need positive and you need negative too. And by the way, the Bible is a positive book, but it's also a negative book too. The Bible says that homosexuals are going to hell. And the Bible says that all these, all these people in the mystery religion, they're going to burn in hell, is what it says. But it also says that God loves you and has wonderful things planned for you. And if you submit to his, his plan for your life, then you can have a wonderful, abundant life. He said, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. It says both. A preacher who's never preaching anything negative is not preaching the Word of God. 
He says, these false teachers among you who privily shall bring in, notice what the Bible says, damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And notice this, I want you to, I want you to notice three things, okay? Matter of fact, let, let's just, let's hop, skip, and jump through this chapter. I want to show you five things, okay? Number one, I want you to see in verse number two, encircle this word with me. The Bible says, and many shall follow their pernicious ways. Pernicious. That word pernicious means having an irreversible harmful effect. Meaning that if a man goes off and gets in war and he breaks his spine into 30 pieces, they can put his spine back together, but he'll never exactly be the same. He's permanently broken. That's pernicious. That's what that means. Oftentimes means in a subtle way too, which is exactly how these false teachers operate. They're pernicious. I want you to see also, look in uh, verse number three. I want you to circle this as well. The Bible says, And through covetous, covetousness shall they with, notice this phrase, feigned words. Feigned words. You know what that word feigned means? It means fake. Meaning things that just ain't so. And the problem with all, I think it was Ronald Reagan said years ago, he said the problem with Democrats is not that they're dumb, is that they, is that they know too much that just isn't so. And I think that's true about a lot of these false teachers. They say a lot of things that are good, but they say a lot of things that just are not so. I want to tell you that if you, if you have faith and believe, that doesn't mean you're going to get healed of cancer. If you get cancer and you say, oh God, I believe I'm healed. Oh God, I have faith that I'm healed. That doesn't mean that you're going to be healed. Hey boy, y'all got quiet on that one. Are y'all charismatics or something? Feigned words, fake words, things that ain't so... Look in verse number 10, the Bible says this, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Notice this, presumptuous are they. Circle that word presumptuous. Now these false teachers, meaning that they're presumptuous, it means that they fail to observe the limits of what is appropriate. Man, they, they, they break all boundaries of what is right and wrong. They, the, to them, they're all moral. They're really, that's, that's almost the same thing as pragmatism. If it gets people in the door, let's do it. I mean, if we, well, let's have a Jim Beam liquor Sunday. Okay. Let's go down there, a couple exits off the, off the interstate there. Let's go, let's go have them donate a big basket of Jim Beam liquor. And whoever brings the most visitors is going to get a whole basket of Jim Beam liquor, a Jim Beam liquor gift basket. Mall Jordan, have everybody here. Amen. So, what's she? <laughs> Listen, she didn't say no. Um, so, <laughs> some of y'all be finding cousins and everything. You'd be hiring homeless people to get on a bus, come with you. Amen. That's what you'd be doing. But that's inappropriate. That's outside the bounds of what's right and acceptable. And that's what that's what presumptuous means. By the way, listen. Before nineteen sixty five. There was no such thing as Christian rock and roll. No such thing. Now, that's all you have. We've gone outside the boundaries of what is appropriate these days. Matter of fact, we have preachers today that are flat out saying dirty words in pulpits today. And some of them are independent fundamental Baptists too. Sure enough, outside the bounds of what is appropriate. We got, listen, I want to tell you right now, there are whoremongers standing in pulpits in churches today. There are men who cheat on their wives with their secretary, divorce their wife, claim that she's mentally ill, and then marry their church secretary and keep on preaching. 
And because he's for Donald Trump, everybody just ignores it. He's a, he's a MAGA guy. I don't care if he's a MAGA guy. He's a whoremonger is what he is. Amen. And you tell him I said so. Outside the bounds of appropriateness. Look what it says here also. We'll go to verse number 18. For when they speak great swelling words. You notice that right there? Circle that. Great swelling words. Meaning they know how to speak in such a way that Oh, that was amazing what you just said to me. I've never met or seen a false teacher, charlatan, who couldn't stand up in a pulpit and preach the paint off the walls. A lot of them are gifted speakers. But just because they're gifted speakers does not mean that they're theologically correct. The problem is I think a lot of, a lot of men are gifted by Satan himself with a silver tongue, and they can speak whatever, and, and they can say whatever the people want to hear. I think that's how Bill Clinton got elected. You may disagree. I think that's how Barack Obama got elected too. Great swelling words. And look what it says in verse number 19. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man has overcome the same as he brought in bondage. I, want, I, want, I wrote this statement down. I, 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 wanted to, I wrote it three times. I want to make sure that everybody gets it, okay? These end time preachers shall use feigned words and great swelling words, and through the lust of the flesh shall promise liberality to their followers. They shall use presumptuous methods of ministry and shall do, and shall do pernicious damage to their hearers. Meaning this, that there are people out there who will get caught up in the likes of Kenneth Copeland and Benny Hinn and all kinds of demonic stuff. Listen, a lot of the, this demonic stuff is wrapped up in good intentions. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of people out there that are into all kinds of clubs and secret things, and they think that they're in some sort of Boy Scout thing. Really, they're in a demonic, Luciferian bunch of nonsense, and they're going straight to hell, and they don't even care because, you know, well, I do I do good things, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter what good things you do. If, you do. if you're not saved, you're going straight to hell. You've been, you've been allured by the great swelling words of false teachers and they've promised you something that they cannot deliver. The truth is I find it funny. Look in verse number 19. It says, "Why wow, they promised them liberty. If you notice that, compare that to chapter 1, it says great and precious promises. Whose promises are those in, in chapter 1? Whose promises are those in chapter 1? They're God's promises. Here, this is the false teacher's promises. I want to tell you right now, there's a difference between a false teacher and a real God-called preacher. A real God-called preacher is not trying to get you to follow him. He's just trying to get you to look at what this is. But a, fa a false teacher is trying to get you to follow him. Become a, become a patron of Benny Hinn today. Follow me. And they're, they're really, it's a cult tactic is what it is. But I want to say this. Look at, look at verse number 20. The tactic of Satan. We're talking about the tactics of Satan. It says about these people who have been caught up in all this false teaching nonsense. It says in verse number 20, For if after they had escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Verse 21, For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness 
than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. I want you to know this. It says there at the end of verse number 20 that once they get into this false teaching and all this wild charismatic stuff, the, the Bible says the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. I want, to I want to say this to you. It is easier to reach a drunk on the streets with the gospel of Jesus Christ than it is to, to reach somebody who's been caught up in the charismatic word of faith, TBN garbage. It is easier to reach an alcoholic than it is to reach those people. Because you have, to, you have to tear down all that stuff in their mind and they're so fortified and all that stuff right there. And by the way, I, I, I listen, I'm against, I'm against all those people because God's against all those people. And that stuff is very subtle. And I'm going to tell you right now, it comes in through the music of the churches. It always has and it always will. There's a spirit on that stuff. It is evil and I'm, I'm against it because I don't want my family and my kids and the people who hear me to be like that at the end of verse 20. At that their latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Amen. That's the tactics of Satan. And if he can get them there, you may as well just as, they're, they're just as going to hell, they're sealed. Reprobate concerning the truth. They've embraced that and they're so blinded by it that they really, there's nothing you can do. I'm over time. Please allow me to go to chapter three, if you will. The tools of the saints, the tactics of Satan. But let me say number three, the times and the seasons. Go to chapter three with me. Peter wraps it all up and he says this about the end times. He said, the second epistle, beloved, I write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of, of, of the Lord and Savior, knowing first that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. The times and the seasons, the first thing we're going to see in the end days is the cry of the scoffers. The cry of the scoffers. You know, there's a lot of people who, in the, who think they would look at us today and they think that we're, we're absolutely insane for what, doing what we do. You go to church on Sunday night, didn't you take care of that this morning? There are people inside the church say that. Amen. Um, especially Super Bowl Sunday. Amen. Uh, I, I, that was my Pharisee coming out. I'm sorry. I had to just say that. God knows your heart. I know that. Amen. It's all right. But we're going to deal with a lot of scoffers in these last days. I, uh, I remember I was walking around the University of Georgia years ago, where I'm from, where people talk right. Amen. And I was handing out chick tracks. I like chick tracks. Some people don't like them, but I like them. If you don't like them, take me off your list too. Amen. I like them. Amen. And I was handing out one that said, it said, creator or liar. Y'all ever seen that one before? I was handing out those. And when you're, and I didn't know it, but when you're in the, when you're in the science wing of the University of Georgia, handing those out, I didn't know, but you're going to get a reaction. And a man walked by, he looked like he was about 55 years old or so, and he had a, 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 a lanyard on, and he had, I could tell he was staff at the university. I handed him one of those, and he picked, looks at it, he goes, creator or liar? Ha! Ha! I said, what's the problem? He said, so you're saying this is, you're saying God's the creator. You're saying God created all this. I said, yeah. And I looked down, it said his name, it said science on his, on his lane. I don't know who, he might have been a professor or whatever. 
But you know what he did? He goes, ha! Ha! Just smug. I wanted to slap that mouth. That's what I want to do. That was my that was my carnal side coming out. Amen. Scoffing. <laughs> you believe the Bible? <laughs> oh, what's wrong with you? You're still stuck in the Stone Age, man. <laughs> we got science now. Uh-huh. I love watching the science. But you scoff at us. This Bible's never been proven wrong historically, nor scientifically has his, has his Bible ever been proven wrong. But you scoff at us like we're a bunch of a bunch of hillbillies who just hang on to our old archaic words of God, and you just scoff at us all day long. I'm gonna tell you right now, there's gonna come a day when that eastern sky is gonna part. And there's gonna come out a savior, and he's not gonna be he's not gonna be the lamb anymore. He's gonna be the lion of Judah, and he's there's gonna be a word come out of his mouth, and he's gonna send you straight to hell. You won't be scoffing anymore, sir. Amen. It may be funny now, but it won't be funny then. By the way, even the evangelicals are scoffing at us. <laughs> you still use that King James version of the Bible? Don't you know we have new manuscripts now? You people are so uneducated academically. <laughs> hey, I've seen your effeminate church and your effeminate preacher that you sit under and your little effeminate scholars who ain't never won a soul to Christ in their entire Christian life. And I'm sorry, forgive me, but I'm not very impressed with your scholars. They can scoff all they want to. I'm hanging on to the, I'm hanging on to the King James Bible. I just wanted to say that. The cry of the scoffers. Let me say also number two, the cre cremation of all substance. Look what it says there. We're going to go down to verse number 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Let me explain to you what that means. Boom! And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. I'm going to tell you right now, this world's going to burn. There, there are a lot of people out there that are building their kingdom in a world that's going down. It's like, it's like people that all they're doing basically is trying to rearrange the deck furniture on a Titanic that's already sinking. You guys can go ahead and you, you, you NATO people, you can go do all your peace talk or whatever, but the world's getting worse and worse. Once we get rid of Putin, there'll be another one. I mean, they, once you get rid of that one, there's going to be another one, and then there's going to be another one, and then, and then after that, there'll be another. I mean, literally, there, there is no end to all the chaos and all the insanity. And, and truth be told, it, it says in Matthew 24, the mercy of God is going to be connected to the second coming of Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming to stop all this out of his mercy. Because can you imagine how much worse the world's going to get over time? His mercy. And I want to tell you right now that this pulpit that I'm preaching from today, it's going to burn. I've got the iPhone 10 right here. I have covetously fought against upgrading my phone for the past little while. I want an iPhone 13. March 8th, Apple's doing a new event. They're going to have an iPhone 13S or some. They're going to put a new bell or a new whistle on it. And you know what? I'm going to look at that and say, I want that. 
There's always going to be a bigger TV and a better TV. There's always going to be something cooler and nicer and more HD than the last thing that was HD. And there's going to be an HDR and there's going to be there's going to be all these just it's going to get better and better and better. And a lot of people get in that rat race trying to find material things. But the truth be told, all that's going to burn. All the Xboxes and Nintendo Switches are going to burn. All the TVs and all the all the internet, all that's going to burn. Facebook's going to burn. Yes, thank you, Jesus. But all that's going to burn. But lastly, let me give you this. The cry of the scoffers, the crema cremation of all substance, it's all going to burn. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give you this. Lastly, what, what does Peter say? What does he wrap it all up with? He gives a challenge to the saints. Look what he says there in verse number 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, see it that you look for such things. Be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. And account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to his wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, also as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of the, these things in which are some things hard to be understood, uh, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Notice this right here. But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory now, both now and forever. Amen. The challenge to the saints is in verse number 17 and 18. He says, Beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Now that does not teach that you lose your salvation. That's not what that says, because if it would say that, it would say you lose your salvation. It, does, it doesn't say lose your salvation. It says fall from your steadfastness, which is not salvation. There's a lot of people, as Paul told the Galatians, you did run well. There was a time where you were right with God. You were reading your Bible. You were, you were doing what chapter 1 says, where you were adding to your faith and you were growing. And, uh, and you were, uh, verse chapter 1, verse 8, uh, you were abounding and, and you were not barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. That was you, but you fell from your steadfastness. You got backslid on God. You quit reading the Bible. Preaching didn't interest you anymore. And you, you, you got backslid on God and you fell from your own steadfastness. He says in verse number 18, don't do that. He says, but grow, and notice this, circle these two words, in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want to tell you right now, when it says grow in grace, meaning that you ought to be a better Christian in 2022 than you were in 2021. And when it says grow in knowledge, it means you ought, to, you ought to know more about the Word of God in 2022 than you do in 2021. Now, here's the deal. A lot of, a lot of churches are one side or the other on this. A lot of churches, all they do is grow in knowledge. And all they do is get up and all they, they talk about, I mean, they, they spend eight weeks on Daniel with the with the four the golden head and the silver body and I mean and, and they spend forever on that stuff exegeting about the the second toe on the beast of Daniel chapter number two and I mean just getting all kinds of stuff and, and yeah they know a little bit but there's they don't they don't really not grow it in grace they're carnal mean nasty hateful they grow in knowledge but they don't grow in grace 
And then there's the other crowd. They grow in grace, but they don't grow much in knowledge. They they just love the Lord. And they just woo all the time to everything. But you ask them how to be saved, and they say, "Well, I don't. I just you know just just love Jesus." Truth be told, there's probably people in this building. If I if I held the building up and terrorists came in and said, "Give me five verses." It tells me how to be saved. And if you give me five verses, tell me how to be saved. You can leave the building. There's some people couldn't leave. You know why? Because you, you've not grown. You've not grown in knowledge. You, 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 when it comes to the Bible, you're just plain old-fashioned ignorant. And it's not the preacher's fault. And it's not your wife's fault. It's not this church's fault. It's your fault. You know why? Look there in chapter 1 again. We'll wrap it up right here. Chapter 1, verse 3. According as His divine power hath given unto us all things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. The only reason you don't have the Christian, victorious Christian life and the only reason you're not godly is not because how you were raised. It's not the preacher's fault. It's not my fault. It's not your marriage's fault. It's really not even the circumstances of your life's fault. It's your fault. Because you have all the tools to get the job done. You just are not using them and you're not partaking of them. In this old dark world, what we need today is some bright lights to shine. And you don't have to shine very bright in the dark world, but you do need to start shining. And that's exactly what the Word of God says. Let's pray. And as the preacher comes, I want you to do business with God tonight. Father, bless now this time. Oh, God, speak to heart. Well, hey, guys, your friend Spencer here. I want to talk to you about channel membership. This channel has turned into like a gigantic global thing. And we have so many things we're trying to do and we have expenses we're trying to meet and we need your help to do so. So YouTube has allowed us to be in something called the YouTube membership program and that's what we have now where you can pay monthly to support this channel and just do it right through youtube and there's certain perks that you get uh, for doing this and we want you guys to be a part of that and there's so many things you get for being a channel member so let me do this i want to show you this this uh screenshot here and this is from youtube running our channel here and basically what we have is these five levels of membership that you can be a part of uh one is $1.99 a month uh, two is $9.99 a month three is $24.99 a month four is $49.99 and level five is is $99.99 a month. So level one is $1.99 a month. All you got to do is hit the join button on our channel and you get one of these loyalty badges next to your name and you get to use all these super cool emojis. Now, everybody who is a channel member gets to be a part of our super secret list of videos that only you people can have. Okay, we have we have like so many good videos behind that paywall that all of you folks can have and be blessed by. You can have all that for just $1.99 a month. Now, once you go up to $10 a month, level two uh, we will actually send you a free CD and I've got CDs all around here that we use and we'll just send you one of them for free just as a thank you to that and then also if you join at level 3 which is $24.99 a month uh, then you get to have not only just a, a CD but you get a book that we have now what we have is we we put on here sending our book Calling Evil Good the Live Christian Rock and Roll which I have a copy of it right here now if you want one of these that'll be fine we'll send you one of those but we also now have the Dr. Matters Bible study journals and you can have either one of these so we'll send you one no problem just as a thank you for joining our channel we certainly would appreciate that and then also uh, for $49.99 you get all the books the CDs and then even we're going to try to send you some uh, some more uh, discounts on our spread shirt items and things like that we'll take care of you on that and we'll work something out with you and then also level 5 you get basically the same thing so uh, guys listen this is a way that you get to be a part of what God is doing on our channel and get to be involved 
involved in all this. And so level one, you get all the loyalty badges, access to all the videos. Level two, you get all, everything mentioned before and a CD. Level three, you get everything and a book with a CD and all the membership perks and everything like that. And the level four and five, you get a lot of uh, spreadshirt item stuff and all that. So all you have to do to claim all these perks is uh, once you join, just email us, spencersmithmembers at gmail.com, spencersmithmembers at gmail.com, and tell us what, what you want. Give us your name and address, and we'll send it right to you, man. We'd love to have you guys be a part of this. We have so many special videos exclusively for our channel members coming up in the very near future. You don't want to miss out on that. God bless you guys. We love you, and we will see you all very soon. This church here on the left, and then uh, you see the yoga class on the right. Both of these groups are having the same involuntary shakings, and uh, the manifestations of the Kundalini is uh, one of the manifestations is uncontrolled shakings, and both of these parties are having the same experience.